Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. One of the worst ideas to come out of postmodernism is that there is no truth, that beliefs didn't matter, that everyone has their own truth, and that no truth is better than another. And many in Christianity even started saying things like deeds, not creeds, which of course is itself a creed. I think it's safe to say that we're beyond that now. If you don't believe me, all you have to do is walk by some of our local businesses in town or homes around Oregon with the black yard signs that say, in this house or business, we believe dot, dot, dot. And there's just the laundry list of things they believe. Beliefs matter. If anyone says it doesn't matter what the church believes or teaches or what particular things I believe as a Christian, they are absolutely wrong and foolish. On the other hand, if, if someone says, it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter what my body does, as long as I have the right faith, they too are absolutely wrong and foolish. St. Paul emphasizes both doctrine and life matter. In fact, I have heard it said by Lutheran theologians that doctrine is life. Paul, in Romans here, begins by focusing on the actions that are not and, and, and should not be, uh, that we are not and should not be slaves to our sinful flesh. Now, he doesn't mean that our bodies, our fingers, and our toes, and our skin are made of sin. Rather, that everything our flesh does and thinks is sin. Not only the gross things that we know are evil, like, like murder and stealing, but even the good things that we do, or the good things that we think we do, even the things that we put forward as our best, are done by our sinful flesh. We are stuck in the mire of our sin, and we are heading to an early grave. We are, at the same time, saint and sinner. We cannot do the good that we want. God must do it for us. And so then, to live by the Spirit can only be done through faith, trust, belief, doctrine. Here's why. False doctrine inevitably points to you for salvation and ends with a reliance on your works. No matter how small or trivial the doctrine seems, and you can pick out whatever doctrine you want. False doctrine inevitably ends with self-righteousness rather than the righteousness of Jesus. I, I, hear, I hear people saying things like this all the time. Lutherans and that other church, uh, we disagree about a few things. We disagree about baptism, but, but really that's it. it. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. Because either baptism does what the Bible says, 
and, and saves, and you are adopted by God into his family by his work of baptism, or baptism is merely a, an outward symbol of your faith and something you do for God. It's either gospel and God's work, or it's law and your work. Either God saves you entirely by his grace alone, or you have something to contribute. False doctrine inevitably points to you for salvation and ends with a reliance on works. And you can pick out whatever doctrine you want. Open communion makes communion into a good work rather than a comfort for sinners. And you can keep going on and on with different false doctrines. And any time it's up to you, it's a scary thing. In fact, it's outright terrifying. Because you never know if you've done enough. And to illustrate, let me use what everyone is afraid of right now. Let's just say you walk into some new place with a, a ton of people you don't know. What's the worst thing right now? You don't know if anyone in the room has COVID. And you don't know if you are going to get it. In fact, if you listen to the news much, you would believe that certainly someone in that room must have it. And certainly, chances are, you are going to get it too. Now make that fear eternal. You don't know if you've got eternal life or not. You don't know if you're a child or God, of God or not, or you just missed it by that much because your doctrine is off. Living according to the sinful flesh, according to Paul, there's no uncertainty about that. If you live in harmony with the sinful flesh, you are going to die. False doctrine, and because it points to you and your sinful flesh, and the works of your sinful flesh, means returning to a spirit of slavery to fear. You don't know. Paul is writing to the Romans in, first, in the first century. In first century Rome, the majority of Roman Christians were of a Gentile pagan background. Roman religion was practical and contractual based on the principle of do ut des. I give that you might give. Religion depended on knowledge and the correct uh, practice of prayer, ritual, and sacrifice, not on faith. Doctrine really didn't matter. It didn't matter who the gods were as long as you did the right things. If you did the right things, you, you probably weren't going to go to Hades. But this life was terrifying and miserable because you never knew whether or not you had obtained the favor of some impersonal deities, impersonal gods that you didn't really know. You never knew if you had done all the demands and brought all enough of the right kind of offerings or lived the right kind of lives. When they failed, they feared the wrath of these vague, impersonal deities. When Paul says, for you do not receive a spirit of slavery so that you are afraid again, he's taking them back to these, these miserable days of uncertainty, reminding them uh, and uh, returning that to be slaves of fear means having fear of anything before the fear of God, the true God. But with the Holy Spirit in their hearts, 
All of this was a thing of the past. They now know a gracious God who has done everything for them and who has given them everything, salvation, forgiveness, as a free gift through Christ. We emphasize doctrine because God tells us who he is. And he tells us what he has done, what he has done already. That because of the righteousness of Jesus, forgiveness, redemption, eternal life, joy, peace, do not depend on us. God tells us exactly who he is and wants us to firmly believe that because it matters. God is our Father. He's not some vague and personal deity we need to worry about pleasing, always looking over our shoulders. God is our Father. And it's a relationship that's made, been made possible by a thing many people are willing to dismiss as not essential, baptism. Through baptism, God declares us to be his children. Paul can say that we can call God Abba, Father. Abba, that, that's why Abraham was called Abraham, Abraham. It means father. We are children of the same promise as Abraham. Our father Abraham had many sons. We might not be related to Abraham by our ancestry, but we are by faith. This is how we are children, how also we are children of God. It's worth noting that it seems Paul is quoting something when he says, Abba, Father. It's likely this was an expression from the baptismal liturgy of Paul's day. Through baptism, God puts the right doctrine into us. He baptizes us into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means baptizing us into everything God has done and everything God is and everything God says about himself. The Spirit, Paul says, joins himself with our spirit in testifying and confessing that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, he says, we are also heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, since we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Some of these same Christians to whom Paul is writing would likely go on to, uh, to soon meet horrible deaths, willingly, in the Colosseum and as martyrs. They would go on to their death because they feared God more than anything, more than death itself. They would not compromise their belief, their doctrine, but rather would suffer death rather than give it up. And even though they suffered the same fate as Christ's death, they would also be glorified with him. One more point I want to make about false teaching. Jesus said in our gospel lesson, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. 
you follow a pastor, you judge him because of his fruit. The fruit of a preacher is his preaching. Not the size of his congregation, not the casual clothes he might wear, not how personable he might be. The fruit of a preacher is his preaching. You have to listen, to, listen carefully to what he says about Christ, about righteousness, about doctrine, about baptism, about the end of the world, because these things matter. This is especially true now when every pastor of every denomination has their sermons online, and you could put together a church buffet of your own choosing right in your own home on Sunday mornings. Watch out. There's a, very lot, of, there's a lot of popular preachers out there that are not good. You know, you can ask Alexa or Siri to play some good music. Alexa is going to give you her uh, dissertation. Okay, here is a, a song that is popular today and played by most people. Alexa can tell you what is popular, but not what is good. Don't be Alexa when it comes to theology. In fact, I saw it said that biblical Christianity is not popular. Popular Christianity is not biblical. It doesn't mean, of course, that, that most preachers or many preachers try to be false prophets or that God can't work through them. But it doesn't excuse them and it doesn't let us off the hook. Jesus says, watch out. False doctrine is dangerous. And this means that you shouldn't trust me either. Don't let me off the hook either. You should trust God. You should pray for me and you should constantly be comparing what I say to Holy Scriptures. To this point, I, I too should repent when I err. So I have a confession. I should not have been so quick to cancel church services earlier this year. I don't mean that I should have disobeyed the governor's orders, but that I should have continued offering smaller services in accordance with the law and done whatever I could to continue in-person administration of God's word and sacraments, the medicine of immortality. It was pointed out to me this week that there's a reason that the first second, and third commandments come before the fourth and the fifth. When we quarantined, uh, starting in March, we were all made to fear the virus and how bad it would be. And I sought to obey the fourth commandment in honoring and listening to our authorities, and I sought to obey the fifth commandment in protecting and seeking to protect my neighbor in his body. But the third commandment tells us to not despise the public preaching of God's word. The second commandment calls us to call upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. And the first commandment tells us that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. The fear of God should always come before every other fear, even the fear of death. Our life is not worth as much as our Christian faith. As I saw one pastor say earlier this week, I wish more people were afraid of false doctrine than COVID-19. 
So for my sin against the first table of God's commandments, I ask your forgiveness. It's only through the forgiveness that, through the forgiveness that God provides through his word and sacraments that we have life, real life, eternal life. May God give us the strength, as he did to the Christians in first century Rome, who faced almost certain death when they worshipped God, and were unwilling to let anything, let the fear of anything come before their fear of God. May God give us the strength to not return back to a spirit of fear again. Because we receive the spirit of adoption as children of God. The spirit joins himself to our spirit in testifying and confessing the doctrine of the Christian faith that we are God's children. Doctrine is life. We are not slaves to life. God has given us life. We are children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.